As always, it is a good day to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. And we are in week two of our sermon series. We're dedicating some time this season to looking at some of the parables that Jesus taught uh, as he as he told us about the principles of God. So parables are short stories, and Jesus knows that stories are a powerful way to bring understanding and perspective to a teaching. We're drawn to stories and captivated by storytellers. And I don't know about you, but I can't help but just be drawn in when I think about, when I imagine Jesus telling these stories and unfolding these deeper truths of the principles of faithfulness and fruitfulness. So last week, we took a look at the first part of Matthew chapter 13, the parable of the sower. And today, I want to kind of pick up where we left off in Matthew 13 as Jesus continues to teach this new way of thinking that leads to a new pathway of doing. So Jesus had just finished talking about this farmer who went out one day to sow his seed, and that seed fell on different types of soil, and the soil determined the success of the seed. And God is the farmer and we are the soil and he's the one who spreads the seed and we are the ones who are responsible for preparing the soil of our hearts. And so after talking about the farmer, Jesus goes on to tell a handful of parables which contain revelations of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven. Things that are hidden from those who do not believe and receive and walk in the way of God. But for those of us who do, God longs to reveal those deeper things. And so Jesus says that the kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seeds in a field. Like a mustard seed, the kingdom of heaven is like yeast. It is like a treasure hidden in a field. It's like a merchant looking for fine pearls. It's like a net that was let down into the lake. And so we're going to take a look at each of these and unpack them a little bit. I'm going to start out with Matthew chapter 13, verses 24 through 30, and then skip over to 36 through 43, which is the parable of the weeds and then the explanation of the parable. So let's read the scripture. It says this, Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seeds in his field. But while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. When the wheat sprouted and formed heads, the weeds also appeared. The owner's servants came to him and said, Sir, didn't you sow good seed in your field? Where then did the weeds come from? The enemy did this, he said. The servants asked him, Do you want us to go and pull them up? No, he answered, because while you are pulling up weeds, you may uproot the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. At that time, I will tell the harvesters, first collect the weeds and tie them in bundles to be burned, then gather the wheat and bring it into my barn. Then he left the crowd and went into the house, and his disciples came to him and said, Explain to us this parable of the weeds in the field. He answered, The one who sowed the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world, and the good seed stands for the people of the kingdom. The weeds are the people of the evil one, and the enemy who sows them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the harvesters are the angels. As the weeds are pulled up and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send out his angels, and they will, need, they will weed out his kingdom, everything that causes sin, and all who do evil. They will throw them into the blazing furnace, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their Father. He, whoever has ears, let him hear. Okay, so here's what I see God saying to us here. We are the good seeds, and the weeds are the evil of the enemy. And as we walk the path of God and seek to grow to maturity, at the same time, the enemy is at work trying to grow evil into maturity. And sometimes we don't recognize the enemy, and sometimes we do. 
Let me illustrate this point a little bit this way. While some people may have either a natural ability or have cultivated an interest in growing things, I am very much not a green thumb. So if you put me in front of a flower bed filled with good blooming plants and blooming weeds and ask me to remove the weeds, the first thing I'm going to ask you is, well, which ones are the weeds? You see, sometimes it's hard to differentiate between the plushy greens that are good and which ones are bad. Sometimes it's, it's difficult for me to understand why those little yellow flowers that pop up in my backyard are weeds, but the yellow flowers that grow in the pots are plants. And if I'm going to be the one who's pulling the weed, I can almost guarantee that I'm going to pull out some of those good plants too because they kind of just all look like plants to me. I can't always tell the difference between a, a field full of weeds and a field full of wild flowers. But it's my instinct to kind of stay clear of both weeds and wild things. So most of the time it works out okay. So in the field of the world, the good seeds and the weeds grow up side by side. And we don't always know the difference between the weeds and the seeds. And sometimes we think we know the difference and we judge by our own standards. And we try to determine bad weeds from good seeds. But if we, if we try to pull the weeds before the appointed time, it's likely that we will pull out some of the good plants as well. See, sometimes the bad weeds look as fruitful and beautiful as the good seeds, which is how the enemy works after all. You know, sometimes we think that the enemy, our enemy, the devil, is like that little red cartoon character walking around with horns and a, and a pitchfork. But if he looked like that, then we would easily recognize him. But he's more cunning and clever than that. He doesn't always come in evil-looking shapes. Sometimes he clothes himself in fruitfulness and beauty. But at the root, that weed is evil and harmful, even if it doesn't look like it. So you see, we really don't have the tools to determine the weeds from the good plants. But the good news is that it's not our job to do the weeding anyway, which is very good news for me. The weeds will be pulled when Jesus comes back, and we are not the gardeners. The angels are the harvesters. We are not given the authority to judge or to condemn. That is God's job. Our job is to continue to keep the soil around us ready to receive the things of God so that we will see God bring a harvest. You see, too often God's people look around at others and are quick to point an accusing finger at someone else's behavior. He says he's a Christian, but he's always hanging out at the bar. You see, we spend too much time worrying about and criticizing the people around us, and we should be spending our time looking at what's inside our own hearts and minds and actions and attitudes. You see, time is precious, and we spend way too much of our time concentrating on the wrong things. All we really need to do is keep our own hearts right with God. Make sure that our feet are on his path and do all we can to love people and pray for people and care for people and point people to Jesus. It's God's job to judge the matters of each man's heart, and he will do it in his time, not in our time. My job is to keep my own house in order. And if I keep my heart in a posture of gratitude and grace and obedience to God, then he will empower me to walk in wisdom, to always know how to respond and to shine like the sun in the kingdom of my father. 
And that's what I hear Jesus saying in this parable. And after he tells this parable, he goes on to tell the parable of the mustard seed. Let's read that one. It says this. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his field. Though it is the smallest of the seeds, yet it grows. When it grows, it is the largest of the garden plants and becomes a tree so that the birds come and perch in its branches. So here's what I see there in this parable. The things of God at first glance seem humble and unimpressive to the world. See, the eyes of the world says bigger is better, and the things of God look like small pieces of a, of a giant picture. At first glance, they look like a waste of time and effort, but over time, walking in the ways of God produces such a harvest in your life of peace and steadfast strength and wisdom and power. You see, that's how God is. That's how he moves in quietness and trust. Like a mustard seed, which is the smallest of your seeds, but it has more power and potential than all the other seeds in your life. It grows in the garden and it becomes the largest of the plants in your garden. The smallest seed becomes the largest, strongest plant. And it doesn't even stop there. It grows into a tree and it stretches out its branches to provide a place for the birds to come and perch. So walking in the ways of God, cultivating the presence of God, reading the word, praying, going to church, choosing friends that share your values, speaking words of encouragement, being kind to someone, showing compassion, walking in integrity, doing the right thing, forgiving someone, extending grace, all of those things can seem like very small things. But these small things produce great strength in your life. And as you walk in them, you come to be not only a plushy plant, but a tree that stretches out to be a blessing to those around you as you chase after the things of God. That's how the kingdom of heaven is. It, the small, humble, unimpressive things hold the most power and potential. After Jesus tells that, he goes on to say another parable. He told them still another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into about 60 pounds of flour until it worked all through the dough. So yeast is a small thing, but it makes a huge difference in determining the success of your dough. Just like that, you are a small entity that makes a huge difference in the environment around you. An environment that is crying out for a force of hope and help to rise above the average, to speak and walk and live the reality of Jesus in our lives, to, to hold on to the hope we have in him and help those around us to know him too in very real ways. Because the truth is we, we have very real answers to the hopelessness around us every day, yes? See, we live in a broken world full of broken people who choose to do things their way instead of God's way, and they walk in the consequences of their choices, and we know a better way. We know a better life, but too often we try to guilt people into following Jesus instead of just love them into the kingdom and live out the kingdom in our own lives. But you see, we do have that influence. We do have those answers. And like yeast, we can make a powerful impact on the world around us through the presence of Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Jesus continues to, 
to tell yet another parable after that one. It says this, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. So just like a treasure hidden in a field or a pearl of great value, when you find something of such great worth, you abandon all other pursuits. You sell everything you have in order to buy that thing. The kingdom of heaven is like that. You see, when we get a glimpse of the goodness and the power and the wholeness and the hope and the truth and the peace that comes from God, all the other things that you have been pursuing that you have been spending your time and your money for, the things that you have been giving up pieces of your soul to keep because it feels like something you can control, those things that help you escape and feel better for fleeting moments, all those things that have been part of you, but they're killing you. All of your power and success and treasures of this world you will gladly abandon for presence and peace that comes only from God in your life. You see, when you come to see how great the value of the things of God are, that's what the kingdom of heaven is like. Jesus then goes on to say this. Once again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was let down into the lake and caught all kinds of fish. When it was full, the fishermen pulled it up to the shore. They sat down and collected the good fish in in baskets and they threw away the bad. And this is how it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come and separate the wicked from the righteous and throw them into the blazing furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So again, Jesus reminds them and us that God judges the wicked and the righteous. And then finally here in verse 51, he says this, Have you understood all these things? Yes, they replied. And he said to them, therefore, every teacher of the law who has become a disciple of the kingdom of heaven is like the owner of a house who brings out of his storeroom new treasures as well as old. So therefore, because the kingdom of heaven is like all of these things, and even though you can't understand the kingdom, you can understand its principles through the perspective of these parables. And because you understand these things that I have told you, you can now teach these principles to others. And there will even be some who will make it their life's work to teach about the kingdom. And when someone teaches you about the kingdom, they are extending hospitality to you. They are bringing you into a wide open, spacious place of the goodness of God. And from out of the storeroom of their hearts and their experiences and their education and their lives, they are sharing with you new revelations, new treasures, not neos new, but kainos new, new in quality and new in nature. They are encouraging you with these timeless truths of faith and life and following after the things of God. And the kingdom of heaven is like all of these things. It's like weeds and seeds growing up together and good fish and bad fish and God being the one who does the judging and us being the one who do all we know to do to follow him and extend his love and his grace to those around us. And the kingdom of heaven is like a seed that produces great fruit and it's like a little yeast that works through the dough to make it successful and useful. See, it's about those thousands of seemingly little things that make all the difference around us and in us. 
The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure or a pearl of great value. And once you truly see the power and the promise and the peace of God, you will abandon all other things and chase after him with all your heart for there is nothing of greater value that you could ever attain. And the kingdom of heaven is like doing life together and striving to keep the main thing the main thing. It's like being real and getting rid of all the drama and just loving and encouraging and blessing one another, bearing each other's burdens and helping each other to make it through, keeping our eyes on God, living in his promises and loving his ways. So Jesus made a point to tell all of these stories of what the kingdom of heaven is like. And some of them he told as he was sitting in the crowd and some he shared only with his disciples when he got up from the crowd and went back into the house. And reading through all of this, it kind of feels almost like binge watching a season of your favorite TV show, doesn't it? Jesus gave us six different stories to help us understand what the kingdom of heaven is like. And there's, there's a lot of good stuff there. And we can return often to these stories to look a little deeper into these word pictures and see the ways of God and the nature of God and the process of God and the love of God. And we realize that God works in ways that we don't always understand. And maybe wouldn't even choose if we did understand. But we see very clearly this, he is always at work in the little things and in the big things. He is always moving and making room. He is always growing things into fruitfulness, always hiding away treasures in places we don't think to look, always giving us opportunities to increase our investment, to enlarge our reach, to be more about the things of God in our everyday lives. God is always at work making a difference to those who choose to listen and to follow after him. So, what do you hear him speaking to you today? You see, God has so much to teach you. He wants to lead you deeper into his ways that you may have life and have it to the full, that you may know love that runs deep and makes a difference. So church, today may we choose to have ears that hear and eyes that see and hearts that follow hard after Jesus. Amen? Let's pray. Father God, we thank you and we praise you for this day, for the opportunity that you give us to, to kind of dig into some of your parables. And God, we have to admit, when we read this passage in Matthew, it seems exhausting. It's like drinking from a fire hose. You've, you've thrown so many parables at us of what the kingdom of heaven is like. Sometimes we're overwhelmed by all of that. But God, we know as we as we sit under your truth, as we drink in the reality of your word pictures, as we live out our lives, we see the principles that you've spoken of in the word, the principles that you've taught in the parables. God, we, we do want to live our lives in ways that make room for others, that help others to find you, that, that are ways of grace and mercy and, and invitational ways. God, we want to live our lives in ways that are pleasing to you, that you might be glorified in all that we say and do. And God, we have to admit that so often we fail in all of that. And so today, as we, as we sit kind of drinking in the 
the, the, the principles that you've given us of the kingdom of God, God, I pray that you would just identify for each and every one of us what it is exactly that you're speaking into our hearts this morning. What is it that you want to unfold to us in a new way? What is it that you want to, to, to bring deeper into our hearts that you want to help us understand and to live out in our lives? And God, I pray that you would give each and every one of us ears that hear and hearts that will follow and eyes that will see what it is that you're speaking, that you would give us the courage to follow after you, that you would give us the desire in our hearts to spend time with you every day, that you would give us the desire to read your word, to learn your principles, to know your ways more and more in our lives every day. God, we thank you and we praise you for who you are and how you move. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.